Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. Today's guest is Stephen Burkhart. Stephen is the founder of Burkhart Creative Agency, a content marketing agency based in Phoenix, Arizona, that focuses on getting businesses' attention. So he's also the director of a youth organization called Aniko that empowers and trains teens to better themselves and the world around them by rising above the noise. In today's episode, Stephen discusses how brands can tell their story using video and based on a four-part storytelling framework, which happens to be similar to a popular copywriting formula. So let's chat. Okay, I'm really excited to have Stephen Burkhart here today on there's just so many things we're going to hit on and, and just the storytelling part I'm particularly excited about because it's really where, it, you know, where a lot of uh, businesses fall short. And so you're going to help us with that today. So I'm thrilled. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your agency. What exactly, you know, do you do and how long have you, when did you start it? So I started it about three years ago. It's evolved over the years. And I think part of that has been just really trying to figure out what our lane is. And so my my history personally in the creative space was weddings. So I've been shooting weddings for like eight years now, which is all about storytelling and whether it's just like how you capture someone's flowers to like the way they look at each other and piecing that all together in a final video that like truly helps them relive their day is challenging. Pretty much everything about the day is completely out of control from lighting to weather to how people are, their chemistry together, everything else like that. Ended up moving a lot of those skills into the marketing space, but I didn't want to be just a videographer. I feel like those are kind of like a dime a dozen. And and so for me, it was kind of like, how do I actually fuse like marketing know-how with the ability to shoot? Because at the end of the day, like you and I both know that like you got to produce something to be on a social platform, even if it's just words. Right. And, you know, with the increase of video only platforms, it only makes sense to be able to have a creator that can create cool stuff, but they have to be able to like fuse that together with marketing and make it make sense. So that's been our evolution for years and really like solidly landed in the vein of we are going to be building brands. So like telling the brand's story. So that way that people are able to hear about what a brand believes about, what their values are, what people who have done business with them care about. Because I think that beliefs and values are a very strong connecting point for people. Yeah. And if companies aren't telling those things and sharing those things, people have nothing to latch on to, except for maybe like price or, right. you know, the necessity of an item. And I think that as far as difficulty, I can't imagine, you know, 
being the videographer responsible for a wedding because that is a one day, you know, the thing with branding is, I mean, you get do-overs, you can like, you know, test, you can do, you can't do that with a wedding because I've heard disastrous stories of videographers and people who will never do it again kind of things. I give you a lot of credit for that. But how can brands (laughs) tell their story when they don't even know, you know, what to say or where to start? I mean, if we want to, we can kind of launch into the frameworks. I feel like this is a good spot for that. You know, I was thinking about this for a while ago. So like copywriters, like people like yourself and and other copywriters are very familiar with like frameworks. And so they're essentially like points you need to hit in what you're writing or what you're talking about or what have you that like guide the reader down a path because everyone starts out in their consumption path like skeptical because everyone starts at zero. Either a friend told you about a business or you found it on Instagram or you saw an ad, like something kicked it off and you're skeptical and you're trying to figure out what it's all about. And being that, you know, most copywriters are very versed in like human psychology and how people go down that path. People in other fields don't tend to be as adept in those things. At least that's been my impression. And being able to have a framework that like takes them down a path helps them work through those internal barriers to saying yes to whatever it is you're trying to sell or however you're trying to impact their life. And I think in general, just like frameworks are necessary for like human creativity all throughout the ages, like boundaries help people be creative while still giving them some like wiggle room to do something different. And so I have in the process of reading books about copy, which I do not do, just started noticing like these like frameworks are really helpful from a content creation side. Like I have a four point framework that I work through and apparently it already existed, but I made it up and I felt special until you told me it already existed. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But I'm um, sure it's a different version than what you've come up with. I'm sure it's not nearly, yeah, because there's formulas and like we refer to them as formulas in copywriting. Yeah. Yes. And you know, so like mine is like problem, obstacle, solution, an outcome. And I would say that by and large, if your messaging isn't quite hitting home, you're probably not doing one of those well enough, or you're just completely missing it altogether. And so for example, like when you consume content online, like over and over again, you hear about people talking about like benefits over features. That's like a very common conversation. But even features is like still not the entire story. It's like, how does this actually make my life better? And that's when we go into finishing out with outcomes of like, how does your life look different now? And so I think adopting, you know, formula or framework or, you know, however you want to call it to be able to guide your creative process is a great first step in creating that content, because at least it puts them like bones on what you're trying to do so that you can, if I hit these four points, like it's probably going to be like decently solid and right. get you like in the right path. It's funny. Cause I get some pushback when I, cause most copywriting formulas start with pain. And when we say pain, mm-hmm. we don't mean physical pain. I mean, it could be if you break your leg, you need, that's a problem. You know? So, but right. it makes or the chiropractor so- commercials, <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's more of a, you know, a marketing challenge, something that has gone wrong with a marketing you know, launch or or something. And so most of the copywriting that I do starts with that and bringing it to light. And I've had people push back on LinkedIn when I've talked about this saying, well, I, you know, I think that you should just start with the solution. And, you know, there's, that's a whole different story because you're starting, it depends on the audience, but for the most part, if someone Mm -hmm. is looking for you or they're looking for a solution, 
they're in pain. And so you need to remind them of that. So you do this with video, right? So how, how does that work? What kind of, like you would follow that video, like start with, I'm thinking of those infomercials at night where they start with a black and white picture of the person doing something completely insane, like chopping vegetables and you know, <laughs> it's just a giant, and then it's in color and they found, you know, so is it sort of like that where you start with what's wrong and then go into the solution? Or the obstacle, you said the obstacle is the second part. Yeah, I feel like for me, the obstacle embodies a lot of that pain because I think you're right. I think that people are, are indeed very like pain driven. Like people will do almost anything to stop pain, except for back pain. I just live with that every day and I don't do anything about it. But uh, most people really want that stop. And I, so I think that's a really great thing to hit. And I think that in general, you know, people just say like, just start a lot. And so I think in general, like as you're starting to create content as a business, you're going to find which one of those four points um, becomes like a point of the greatest amount of like resonance with your audience. And I do think it's important to hit all four. How much you cover each one of those is important too. I'm trying to remember if it was, there was a book called um, Spin Selling that I read a long time ago that talked about if you don't spend enough time helping people envision a future that's been impacted by what you do, that they can never really grab a hold of it enough. And people spend so much time trying to figure out like what's wrong mm -hmm. that they don't spend enough time talking about some of those outcome pieces. And so I think just finding your own rhythm that works with like your business, your industry and your audience to be able to decide, I wanna hit all four points, but I gotta have to play around with the formula a little bit to see which one I wanna talk about the most. But you know, that at the same time, that's I totally agree that starting with pain is good because I feel like problem obstacle is like describing that pain in some level. And yes, the late night info commercials, it's very overt, not subtle at all, right? I don't know, like for me, like I don't always start with visuals. Sometimes I start with the script. And so for me, at least if I know my talking points, then I can start bringing an imagery that reflects it. And you see that a lot in like, I guess this kind of goes back to late night commercials. But when you talk about like every info commercial ever made, it's, you know, someone talking in the background. Oh, does your back hurt? And they got a video of someone going, oh my gosh, my back. Yeah. That clearly is a visual that supports the script. I don't think they just were like, how do we make this picture of a back in pain fit into our script? That would be like the wrong order. And so I think for a lot of businesses going to be like really writing out the script first to figure out what do we really want to talk about and then using the imagery on top of that to support it. Right. And there's also that balance of, you know, you want to drive home the pain point in, in copywriting call agitation. Like you said, obstacle, it's the same, means the same thing, but you can't prolong it to the point where they're like, okay, what is it that you're, how are you going to help me with this? I got it. I'm in pain. I'm miserable, you know? So there's that. And then you find, you know, the solution. So when, so this is the formula that you follow with basically with the videos that you do for your clients. Is that, you follow that? Yeah, that is, I just feel like everything we make should probably follow that just because at the end of the day, there should be like some sort of objective for every piece of content that you create. Like the, it should fit into your strategy in some way. And even when it comes to something like, um, like most of those kinds of videos are like make, you know, call this number and get this product or whatever else. Like even if it's not lead gen content, even if it's like brand building content, you know, you're still going to start out with some sort of like, it doesn't have to lead gen. If you have a conversation with someone and they're saying like, oh, like usually agencies have ripped me off before or whatever else, then that's like 
that's like your problem is that you don't trust agencies. Your obstacle is that you don't know how you can trust them. And then you work through the solution is to pick one that you can trust. And, you know, you got to be creative in that spot. And then the outcome is that you get way better marketing efforts than you could have done on your own because you have a team of people rather than one person doing your marketing. And so that's just kind of like a little snapshot of like how that could happen for someone is be able to do it kind of like in that way. And that's so having that conversation with someone of maybe you're not driving them to do something specific, but even if you're just like rebuilding something in their mind, whether it's an unbelief or something that you need them to see before you can even begin to sell them, then you can still work through that framework and yeah. it still works on your overall strategy. There's a term called future pacing that we use in copy. Mm. That's about just, you know, having the person imagine what life is like once they, you know, use your solution and you really drive that home and it really, cre it creates this visual for the person that they can see themselves doing that. And that seems to be super effective. What about distributing? So they have a video and then what do you do with that video or what should they do with it? I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of have to balance something, which is how much time and effort do you have to distribute this? And how many people do you want to see it? And so that's kind of the tough part. And I think the thing, like the hidden cost, and I don't even necessarily mean money cost, I mean like time cost that people don't realize is that it takes a lot of effort to make content, but not spending enough time on distribution basically wastes all of that effort. And so if you just are making content and just putting it on YouTube, that's cool and people will see it, but not in as many. And then it's kind of like, what are we gonna do? Just make more videos and then more videos and then more videos and more videos. Why don't we just send that video to more places? We believe really strongly in repackaging content. So for example, like with the podcast that I have, the Death to Vanilla podcast, we'll take like the full length version, we'll break it into shorter videos, we'll turn it into quotes that we can just throw in as like a graphic we'll create headliners that are basically like static graphics with audio over top of it with animated waveforms it looks cool mm -hmm. we're just trying to create take the effort of making one piece of content and being able to like repurpose it visually and be able to put it in more places because at the end of the day like the more places we can put it the more potential people can see it and i think that people wildly underestimate like how much distribution can help them and instead of them being discouraged about like, oh, nobody sees my stuff, maybe you just haven't distributed it enough places. I think I'm guilty of that. I mean, I do some of it like on LinkedIn, I break up, you know, some parts of it and I have a YouTube channel, which I have 12 subscribers, but hey, we all have to start somewhere. But what do you oh, think yeah. about, <laughs> what do you think? And this is sort of slightly off topic, but a video for a homepage of a website. So I'm, re I'm having my website redone. And my website yes. developer said, you know, why don't you do a video for the homepage? And I haven't done it yet, not because of any other reason, except I don't know what to talk about because the homepage, I mean, they're there, they know what I do. I mean, do you feel that's valuable? Is that where a company can tell their brand story? Yeah, absolutely. The last time I looked, I want to say it's like a 60% increase in conversions to a homepage that has a video or a landing page that has a video for that matter. And your homepage is essentially a kind of unspecific <laughs> landing page, if you will. It is. It's the um, hardest page to write because of that. Everyone comes from, you don't know mm -hmm. where they're coming from or what they're looking for. To me, like so much of marketing just comes back to what happens naturally to us as humans because we're marketing to humans. And so I think that you know, if we if we imagine this for a second, like we walk into a room of new people and someone comes up to us and they tell us their entire life story, you're going to be like, wow, 
they're oversharing. I don't want to know any of those things. You want to have just like some friendly banter and yeah. get to know each other a little bit. And then you kind of both decide in this weird organic way, like whether or not this conversation could keep going. And so I think that if we always approach content within the frames of what's normal to a human being, I think that goes a long way to guiding us to what kind of content we should make and where. So like a homepage is like essentially an introduction. If you would want to introduce yourself to the first person, what would you want to know? And so I feel like having kind of like a surfacey level overview of your business that's just like funny and entertaining and like just enough for people to be like, I'm kind of curious about what's happening here is really no different than what had happened at any cocktail party. And I think it's just a, like a very natural way of going about doing that. But yeah, it's like a 60% conversion difference it's pretty sizable i'll get working on mine yeah because i'm thinking it doesn't have to be that that Mm -hmm. sort of formula with actually hitting you know hitting a pain point out of the gate like you're here because you know you're looking for i don't know i haven't planned it out but to use sort of that formula One thing I want to add to that, because for me, I'm very much into like shooting people talking and I would always push for that because at the end of the day, the person that cares most about your business is you. But I think for anyone who's just like horrible on camera or just simply doesn't want to do that, or maybe they're intentionally building a brand that doesn't have a face to it. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing like the, you know, what they call like explainer videos, which are just like the graphics only with like music and some voiceover. I think that if you can do that, it's still a video. It's still visually engaging. It's still telling the story. It's still giving people an introduction to what you're doing. And so you don't have to be on camera. I think it's better. I think it's more connecting. But for the people who are just like, I would never do a video on my homepage because I don't want to be on camera, there there are other options. And I think you should feel comfortable exploring those because um, they maybe aren't quite as effective you know, I don't know what those numbers are. I don't know if that's 50% instead of 60% or what the criteria is, but you don't have to be on camera. And so people should feel comfortable with that. That's a great point because I thought of doing that with some of the other pages on my site. It's just kind of explaining like even a before and after of a page that I've mm. done, you know, and showing that. That's a great idea. What kind of content? Well, especially if it's a case study, I would do it. Yeah. And that's what I'm exactly what I'm working on too. What kinds of content can you repackage like from video. So you mentioned a couple earlier. Can you just Mm -hmm. kind of go over those again? Yeah, absolutely. So like we do like for us and for one, you know, a lot of people have podcasts, right? We do a podcast, other people have podcasts. I think it's important to have really high quality source material. And for us, we would want to sit down with an executive just because like they're the final decision maker and be able to like ask them questions about their business. I mean, what does your business feel about this? What are the outcomes? Like just like really understanding their business deeply and being able to have their own words, be able to describe what's happening. Or maybe it's a podcast and you're able to just like strip out sections of it. Either way, you have a longer video or at least sections that can be topically broken down. So that way, like you only talk about you know, maybe I interview someone for 45 minutes, but we talk about six topics. That's six videos. And then from those six videos, you're able to repackage them and to say one minute chunks. So a lot of times you'll see those are the ones where they, they're just more like super fast cuts because you're cutting out like all the ums and ahs and pauses and stuff like that. And putting together something like that could fit inside of, say, a minute. Right. So maybe these are like six minute videos. The amount of people who watch six minute videos aren't as many people who watch a minute and a half videos. Certain platforms won't, you know, accept anything less than a minute. So then you're repackaging for that. 
And then you're also saying like, okay, well, this is a video, but maybe I can turn this into a graphic. And so then we, you know, cut out a little section of the quote, it becomes a graphic. Now it's the same source content, but it's consumed in a different way. And it's going to feel totally different for the consumer. We also do the headliner, which is like a graphic. So usually it's like the person's face and then it's like an audio clip from that same video file. So it's not quite as crazy as one would think to be able to repackage that. I mean, it's time consuming. That's why I, I was going to say, <laughs> me, like I don't want to <laughs> Like it kind of is, but at the same time, it's, you've already spent like an hour talking to someone, you know, to talk to someone else, you're going to have to schedule more time with them, find a new person, like what have you. I and mean, especially, you know, for us, if we're sitting down with executives, they only have so much time. So it'd be better for me to spend a chunk of time with them like an hour and be able to turn it into, you know, three months worth of content. Like when we create our podcasts, you know, we're creating like 30 pieces of content from a, you know, 45 minute conversation. Wow. Um, So literally one conversation, an entire month worth of content every single day. And to me, that seems pretty, pretty good use of time. Yeah. I have somebody from Upwork who's really good. He's going to be hearing this because he's going to be editing this podcast. (laughs) Kudos. And he's trying to get me to do TikTok and, you know, but there's, when you find someone who can edit, it, it just makes it so much easier because to do it yourself, I mean, I could, but it just takes forever. And then that's time you can better spend on other things too. So there are people out there who, you know, you you don't have to spend like $3,000 a month to get, you know, the, just to have some of those snippets like taken out to, you know, the, the little one minute videos. I've noticed one thing too on LinkedIn, they're really boosting video views. I used to get, if I posted a little podcast snippet, I'd get maybe like a hundred views. I know it views count differently for video than it does for text because they're supposed to be real views. Like people actually watch the video in order to register that. Right. And I'm getting over a thousand mm-hmm. yeah. views on different videos now that, yeah. Congratulations. That's amazing. Good for and you. it's all, in fact, I had one the other day at 2000 views. I said, what, you know, this is crazy. So I'm going to do more video on LinkedIn in one to three minutes. Is that you make a great point, which is that like some people, I don't want to be on camera or whatever the excuses video, like I totally get it. But at the same time, like if, the platforms that you're on are like wildly increasing the reach of certain kinds of content. I mean, you're kind of crazy to not take advantage of that in some way. And so it may not be fun or convenient or it may be a lot of work, but being able to do something like what you did and take advantage of the fact that LinkedIn is giving more reach to video is a way to be able to scale your efforts much farther along than you should. And that's why TikTok People don't talk about TikTok all the time just because it's like the cool new thing. It's because the amount of effort that you give and the amount of audience that you build because of it is just absurd. And I am too guilty of not being on there as much as I should be. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you got to have to, you know, you got to have to pick and choose your battles a little bit. But I think there's a lot of value to be able to like really like have well-timed content creation for a specific platform that you know is going to get you 10 times reach. And it's literally used, 10 times. <laughs> it is, yeah. They used to really boost polls. And I did a poll the other day that I thought mm. was interesting. And I had very little views. Not, I mean, I was surprised at how little reaction I got. And I think they're really, people were complaining. I think there were too many polls. Like, what do you like? Dude, I thought uh, I was going to throw up if I saw another poll. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I only do marketing ones that really are like, I forget what this even was, but you know, I've, I've done a poll on how long do people listen to podcasts 
And, you know, it was generally about 30 minutes. That had a lot of views. But I want to be respectful of your time, too. So is there anything else that you'd like to add on this subject about creating video, anything people don't know or have a uh, misconception about? We all have this misconception that, like, we're going to start creating content and then it's just going to, like, blow up. You know, I experienced it myself when I would start, you know, creating content on new platforms and I'd be like, this is good content. Why isn't this blowing up? The thing we forget is it just takes a lot of time for most people. It just in the same world that like apps and software companies have unicorns, if you will, like, you know, Facebook is the one that blew up in, in spite of all the other platforms or Instagram is the one that blew up. You know, there are literally thousands of other apps that are just like Instagram that never went anywhere. And so we call those like unicorns because they're just like these odd ones out that just happen to make it. For everyone else, it's just hard work. Don't get too discouraged about putting out good content and it just taking a while for it to take shape. I am I'm blown away despite like I know that the percentages on the like the amount of people creating content on LinkedIn is presumably pretty small. Yeah. And and so I, I like I I know that the numbers are small. However, when I go on LinkedIn, at least with the people I follow and the people that that I follow, man, I see great content every single day. Yeah. You know, and then you have titans, you know, like the Tim Ferriss's and the Gary Vaynerchuks and the Grant Cardone's who have these just like absurdly huge followings. But then you forget that they've been doing it for like 20 years. And so it just takes time. And so don't be too discouraged that like the stuff doesn't take off right away. They just put in your reps and just keep working, keep plugging away, keep creating content. I feel like unless you're trying not to, you're just going to get better. If you keep doing something, you get better. Like your copy gets better as you keep running copy. As I shoot video, my video gets better. I just can't even help it because practice makes perfect. And yeah, and I think that's just, there's too many people that see people like Mr. Beast or the David Dobricks or like the other guys that are like super famous, what seems like really fast. And they get discouraged if they get 10 views on something. Most of those people had content that didn't have many views for a long time before they blew up. Yeah. And don't get too down on yourself about that. Yeah. And that's good advice because it's really easy to compare yourself to other people. But in other words, don't, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. been at it for 10 years, don't compare your progress with them when they've been at this was a lot of times you don't even know these people are working at it until all of a sudden they blow up. And then it seems like an overnight success with, you know, you see this with actors all the time. So-and-so, mm-hmm. you know, came out of nowhere. No, that person's been working on it for a long time. So people f- uh, forget that like George Clooney lived in someone's closet before he became a f- famous actor. <laughs> I, that's, I remember reading that somewhere that he like lived in someone's closet and, d- you know, did like the whole thing, you know, trying to make it in L.A. And then, you know, he's an A-list actor. So wow. you got to start somewhere and you got to work at it for a long time. So, yes, absolutely to your point, the 10-year overnight success is 100% a thing. And you have to detach from the outcome. I always say that. And I don't always follow my own advice, but most of the time I do, where you just you do the work, keep your head down, do it, be, you know, put out the value, and it'll happen. It just takes longer than all of us probably want it to take. So, But where can people find you or connect with you? So they can find me at my website, BurkhartCreativeAgency.com, and then that Burkhart Creative Agency, pretty much any. I'm mostly on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, Stephen Burkhart is how you'll find me on there. But yeah, that's the where I'm, I'm most active is Instagram and LinkedIn. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. This has been great. And I'm going to definitely take some of your advice to heart myself. So, <laughs> so thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it very much.
Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com and we'll talk to you soon.